La 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 Let Me Explain podcast and today we are doing a mental health special. So I've brought along two really great guests. Uh, I don't, I never know who to start with because I never want it to be a thing like, Ladies first. oh, you, you, oh, yeah, but you. you know, what I always do, I always start with whoever's um, name starts with the first letter of the alphabet. Okay. So you're A, but yeah. actually you're right. Ladies <laughs> yeah. first. So have a bit of uh, politeness going on. So my first wonderful, spectacular guest is Soraya Stewart, who you can find at, at Soraya, which is S-O-R-A-Y-A Stewart, S-T-U-A-R-T on Instagram. Soraya is a vlogger and podcaster with a special focus on mental health who talks really openly about her own battles and her own recovery and it's just really honest and I've been following you for ages on Instagram yeah we just kind of mutually follow each other yeah it's been about two years yeah and you really um I watched your uh vlog on um recovering from weed addiction (laughs) and it really spoke to me yeah so, so I thought I've got to get you on here. And um, Soraya does some work with Mind and uh, it's just really a wonderful person to listen to speaking about mental health. Uh, and our next guest is Anon the Artist, who you can find on Instagram at Anon the Artist Official. Uh, Anon, I'm just going to call you Anon, yeah? Yeah, that's what everyone else calls me. Anon is a rapper who is just... How I found out about Anon is that he he was shared by Gigs, actually, uh, because he's done an amazing new tune called Medicated with the grime violinist. And it's just a really open tune about his own mental health. And I think it's really timely. He's, he's, he's really opening up to young men, especially uh, about mental health mm. and the pitfalls. And so I think you are fantastic thanks appreciate it so you're, you're like a really good mental health advocate mm. so as per usual this podcast is uh featuring questions that have been sent in by my followers um as i said it's a special focus on mental health and what i do need to say is that none of us are psychiatrists none of us are officially here on a mental health capacity we're not able to diagnose anybody the opinions that we give are our own opinions we're not telling anyone to go off and do anything we are just offering you what we feel or what we believe we would do in these scenarios uh, we are going to try and help as much as we can but if you are suffering from any type of mental health problem or you feel that somebody around you is suffering from a mental health problem please go and seek uh, professional help because there is no substitute for that. This is just hopefully going to be an opportunity to open up the conversation about mental health get it out into the open and uh, go over some topics that might not be talked about so much. So... Here we go. So both of you, you're quite both open about the fact that you have... Yeah. So have you been diagnosed with with mental health issues Mm. or particular... What's your diagnosis? Borderline personality disorder. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah. Mm. Well, it used to be called split personality disorder. Yeah. But then it was borderline personality disorder. What what are the symptoms? I think emotionally unstable. Yeah. Um just literally uh depressive spouts so like half days on end where i just won't want to get up or do anything anxieties through the roof um other things like um if if i go and take some drugs it'll be an absolute binge on it, it, it like there's no moderation in in my head sort of mm. thing do you know what i mean there's no point where i go actually that's gonna be a bad idea until later and then i 
deal with the regret of it and then that beats me up for days Mm. and people with uh, borderline personality disorder often experience really heightened emotions and reactions to things don't they so it's like if if somebody if you feel that somebody has like slighted you a little bit whereas Mm. i might go oh that was a bit rude you're gonna really feel it like this fucking wanker Yeah. yeah if i feel like i'm in a bit of a situation where i'm like oh shit i don't know what i'm gonna do now like, instead of just trying to think reasonably, like, I'll just think, oh, I need to just end it all. I need to finish my life. And it'll be like that. Mm. You know, I just think there's no way out. So I just need to, like, escape. How long ago were you diagnosed? Uh, About three years now. Three years ago. And has that made a difference, being diagnosed? Because I've got the understanding of it now. Whereas before, for like 10 years, I was just told it was depression and... But then I thought, what about all these other bits that are coming to it, which aren't the depressive parts? You know, why can't I hold down a stable relationship? Or, or why can't I, you, you know what I mean? It was all them parts that I just thought, am I just an absolute horrible person? And then when I got the diagnosis, I was like, okay, I'm not a horrible person. There's a few other people that actually have gone through exactly the same thing as me. So, yeah. And then it's just like getting, yeah, your coping mechanisms and stuff like that. So was it, how, how did you go about getting to that point where you thought, I need to, to seek uh, professional help. Because I, I know that there is definitely a different... <clears throat> I think for women, uh, we are encouraged to talk about our problems and definitely. our feelings a lot, aren't yeah. we? Um, and there is definitely a stigma, I guess, around emotions and mm. talking about emotions. I think it's changing now. Mm. But historically, it's been, you know, men are supposed to man up, grow some balls. Yeah, you know. for me, it was... When, when, I, when my parents sort of started backing away... And then my wife I was with at the time divorced me and mm. took my son. I just thought, this is all because I don't know what it actually is and no one else does because I, I, I can't expect them to understand if I can't fully understand, you see? Yeah. So once I got that, then it was, it was yeah, everyone started understanding me because I could explain it a bit better. That's really, yeah. shows how important it is to, yeah, to go out and seek that diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and what about you, Soraya? What have you been diagnosed with? anxiety and depression um it was back in 2013 so that's six years now so i was 21 um it was actually my mum and my good friend at the time they sat me down they said to me something's not right you do you want to talk to someone and i think that realization actually then sunk in and all these little things that have been happening throughout the years all made sense. Mm. Went to the doctors. They diagnosed me. I went on tablets, but they they didn't work for me. Medication, I think, you know, we'll probably touch on this a little bit later. Mm. Um, it wasn't for me. I was falling asleep at my desk at work. I couldn't function. Mm. So although the anxiety went away, I think, yeah, just over the years, I've definitely learned how to manage myself. And was I- that the first thing that they suggested so when they diagnosed mm. you straight away there was no other options they were just like yeah. right meds that's meds. what you need straight away put right. you on these tablets and I didn't know at the time anything else I thought okay this is going to help me I was falling out of friends family left right centre arguing with everyone up and down with emotions like Anon went through as well it's horrible mm. especially at 21 you're going through the motions of life mm. barely mm. understood myself anyway and then I had all of this stuff on top of me and it was really really difficult so I I think that's a main reason why I'm so open about it now because I've been through it and again I found a deeper understanding of myself and I'm learning to forgive myself for all of these things that I've done 
So you went through that same kind of relief mm. thing of like all the pieces fitting together when you got that diagnosis. Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess it would be the same as if you had like, you know, constant pain every time you mm. were weeing or whatever and you didn't know what it was for ages. You'd be like, what the fuck's yeah. going on? It would feel 10 times worse. And then you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, you've got gallstones or mm. whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know if those two symptoms, the symptoms match up with what yeah. I just said. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's that relief, isn't mm. it? So I guess it's no it's no different mm. with, with mental health. I have never been diagnosed with, with any mental health problem, but I certainly feel like um, I suffer in different ways, I guess. I, and I don't know if it's the same as the rest of the population. I feel like, you know, we all have minds. And so we're all the same way people are going to have a cold every now and then or break mm. their leg or whatever. Yeah. I don't think there's one living person that's not going to go through ups and downs mm. with their mental health. And sometimes I do wonder if I got like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I just question whether my reactions to things are normal, whether mm. my behaviour is normal. Um, but I've never, I don't know, I've never actually felt that low that I've needed to go mm. to a doctor about it. Or I think I've probably had reactive depression about different things in mm. my life. You know, when you go yeah. through something bad, you, you might go through really low points. But I've never, I, I've never had a diagnosis. Or, mm. but, but I will actually, sorry, I have to say, I am an, an addict. I, I'm certainly somebody who has been through addiction over the years and that is a mental health problem. So yes, actually, I'm an addict. So there we go. Um, so anyway, let's get on to the topics. We've got loads. I am going to try and get through them all. But uh, if we don't, then maybe we have to come back and do a part two. So the first one says, my mental health has taken a nosedive recently. I love my family, but they aren't understanding of mental health at all and feel that I just need to get on with it. I'm coming to a time where I'm going to need more than chamomile tea and vitamins to improve my well-being. My family don't recognise my abuse from years ago and they believe that I should have known better. It's pointless raising it with them because I have a good relationship with my parents when feelings aren't involved, like me feeling low. I need to seek help before my mental health gets any worse. But how can you deal with unsupportive relatives and friends? It's really putting me off getting help. And just to add on to that, somebody else said, um, family and friends often uh, don't recognise it unless you actually commit suicide. You're just seen as an attention seeker. Mm. Yeah. Is that something that you two experienced? Yeah, for, yeah. Well, for me, that was really close to home uh, because when I was going through finding out my diagnosis and all that, my parents sort of backed away from me. They, they didn't because my mum sort of lived in a bubble she obviously had mental health, but back then it wasn't really spoken about. She was just hide away for days and I'd see that and think what was going on. So when it comes to me now going through it, I didn't want to tell my mum because then I thought I'm going to make her depressed and stressed. Like my dad used to say to me, yo, if you start telling mum this, she'll have a heart attack. So I felt like I couldn't tell no one. So mm. yeah, I, I can relate to that. But what I just found an outlet in music, like personally, I just wrote how I felt out in, in words and seek professional help as well. But that was my outlet, you know, because I didn't have the, the same way. And it was the frustration of thinking, I can't tell no one. Mm. What, what can I, who can I speak to? Like, there was a few odd friends and they're the ones that I keep close to me now. Mm. Um, Are they on board now, your family? Do they understand a bit more now that you've got your diagnosis? They do a little bit, but they still live in that bubble of, like, if they cut it, like, they just sort of forget it, you know? Mm. So, like, like, the last few weeks, for instance, I've, I've gone through an absolute madness. Mm -hmm. Like... 
And then, I, yeah, but I've just not reached out to them. You know what I mean? Just because I feel like that's just going to cause They're not going to understand. Yeah, it's going to so cause them they, stress. Yeah, I just call them my reliable mates that I know mm. will listen to me and understand what I'm going through. Sort of. yeah. yeah. It sounds like you had a different experience. Like your family were the ones who helped you identify. Mm. My mum and my friends helped me identify it. Um, I think they were more sort of accepting towards the anxiety part, but the depression part probably not so much um I, again i think it's an age thing with my mum her generation mm. and again i'm black so black culture don't mm. believe in it at all it's just one of those things that i'm again trying to speak out about because i think it's so important that people mm. are accepting towards mental illness i think everyone has mental health but not everyone has a mental illness and mm. i think that is where you know perceptions really need to change um what i would do I, if, if I was this person, I would definitely get a diagnosis from a mm. professional. How to make your friends and family understand. It's a million dollar question. It's so difficult, isn't I, it? I think even now, I don't know if my mum and my family fully understand it. They kind of get it. They kind they are more accepting towards it now. But I think at first, the depression side, I thought they, I think they just thought I was being dramatic mm. <laughs> like, oh she's just being dramatic like mm. maybe drama queen etc but I think you know maybe go on YouTube maybe get some videos maybe show them you know give them examples of celebrities and famous people and say look it, it's 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 more than that mm. but on the drastic side of it I have had to step away from some people and there's some people that I really cared about oh, some yeah. people that I really loved and really cared about and I, it hurt I, me but I think you know that's your you, you sometimes you have to sort of take that step away mm-hmm. in in order to make yourself better like if it means you having to separate yourself from your family for a small time to maybe go and seek that therapy you have to support yourself so although it may be a hard time that could mm-hmm. be a good thing also yeah i totally agree i think it's about not um connecting the two so not telling yourself that you need your family to be on board Mm. in order for you to get your mental health together if you have to come to the point where you accept that actually I can try over time to get them to see things differently but ultimately I need to put myself first and I need to sort myself out and there will be professionals who will understand and who are not going to undermine this so Mm. let me get my support from them and maybe when it just you know see my family when I need to but don't have those expectations Mm. because I think it can be quite detrimental especially as you say culturally depending on what kind of background you come from a lot of religions and age as well um if if your parents are very old school there can be this whole sense of we pull yourself together we've been through much worse (laughs) I lived through a war (laughs) and I never you know I was all right um you, you know so so I think that there are a whole load of things to battle with and again when we you know, as I said to you before, the whole um, gender kind of thing. I mean, my dad has got serious mental health problems. Mm. You could not get him to go and see a psychiatrist. Mm. You could not, I mean, actually, if you paid him, because he's a gambling addict, so he'd take money mm. for anything. But you could, you know, it would be very difficult to get my dad to accept that there was, any, you know, that's just not how it is. Like, yeah. I'm old school, you know. I think my dad's got PTSD. I think he's got um, borderline personality disorder. I think mm. he's a nurse. You know, I think there's a load of stuff going on there. And, and his life would be so much better if he could seek help but he Mm. very much comes from that place of like no Mm. pull your socks up and so for me or my sister if we were to go to my dad and say i'm really you know i'm really fucked i really need your help 
he would probably come from that mentality mm. of, oh, fuck off, you mm. know, mm. sort yourself out. Put your socks up and do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Have a drink. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it is it's very difficult. But I guess you could, you know, if you do, it sounds like she's got a good relationship with her family. She's saying when, mm. when she's not feeling low, she, mm. she has a good relationship with them. Mm. So maybe use those times to help them to understand mental health. But as you say, get them to look at articles, I don't know if there's anyone that they particularly relate to, but there's loads of people now who are speaking out on it. Mm. Um, maybe mm. people more of their generation who've spoken, mm. but people who they might relate to and get them to look at statistics and stuff as well. You know, how many people actually suffer um, with mental ill health um, or even get them to come to an appointment with you. Yeah. Maybe That's get them to hear a doctor or a professional talking about it. Um yeah, and, and talk to people who, who actually understand. Don't try and fight to make anyone understand. Yeah. If you've given your information, you've reached out, you've said, you know, I need your help, and they've gone, pull your fucking socks up, get your shit together, then you know that mm. that's just going to be a source of contention and a source of stress which could trigger yeah. you to get worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't fight battles. Find people who are going to accept it and mm. compartmentalise those people who don't. Yeah, for real. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next. Next one says... What can I do to help my best friend or more generally someone with mental health problems? My best friend has been sectioned three times. She suffers badly with depression and anxiety and his voice is telling her to harm herself. There's days when she won't speak or let me see her as she doesn't want to see anyone. But I love her so much and I feel as and I feel like as her best friend I should be doing more, but I don't know what to say. It's so shit. Sorry, that's it. Just ends on that. It's so uh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. What's what's what? How can somebody help? They've got a friend uh, who, who's really going through it. What's because it is difficult, isn't it? Seeing your friend like that yeah. and they don't want to speak to you and they're just yeah. in that. You know, you described being in your bed for days yeah. and not wanting to. For leave. me, it makes it worse when they almost try and force it out of you. Yep. Like when they keep on. Oh, well, what is it? Let's talk then. And you just think like. I'll talk in my own time, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just need that time. And and like as an outsider, I think you need to look in and sometimes just think, yo, they just need some time to compose their thoughts. And, you know, and that might last days sometimes. Do you know what I mean? But as long as you're there for them when, when they are going to need you and, you know, when they are ready to reach out and, and start talking. But in those days, did you need people? Did you want to be left alone completely? Or do you want to know that people are checking in and just going hey look I'm here you don't need to respond but yeah. I'm here yeah if they if they if but it's it wasn't never like that for me there was always a level of expectation they wanted you to give something back yeah and and sometimes I'd feel guilty then because say if I'd have a, a phone call coming in and I'd think I'm just not in the mood to answer that I'd then feel guilty and then that would add to it you know because I'm ignoring my friends so yeah I mean the for me personally, it's, it's good for, for people to reach out, but they just need to understand that you might not always, like, don't take it personally if they don't want to yeah. come out and do stuff. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's for me anyway. I would, I'd agree with most of that, to be fair. Mm. I think it's about, li- make sure you listen to your friend. Don't mm. tell someone how they need to feel either. Because I think for me, that's the, that it's probably the most annoying thing when someone tries to tell me how I should feel. Mm. Cause that's not nice. You don't, you know, you need to try and understand what that person mm. is ultimately going through. So I think that listening ear again, yeah, don't be on them constantly, but just be there. Mm. Let them know. Don't, don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel bad for calling me, you know, just 
if you if you need to call me call me that's what she should probably say to her friend just to let her know that if she does need anything then you know that that support yeah that's because that's what some people want they just want that support that person mm. yeah i think that that is 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 definitely the best way to go about it don't put her under any pressure let her know that you're there mm. text every day hey just thinking of you i'm cool if you don't text me back love you i'll be here I'll you know, yeah. when, when you come out the other side or, or, or whatever. I mean, the fact that she's been sectioned three times means that there are professionals involved. Yeah. Mm. She's not out there on her own. Mm. Um, she, she obviously is getting psychiatric care. Um, and, and I think it's very difficult to have somebody who doesn't want to speak to you or see you. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really worrying. And, and, and also as a friend, I, I mean, we're naturally built to kind of go, oh, well, fuck you. Like, I'm not getting anything out of this friendship. Like, you know. And so I think it's really important to manage your own reactions to those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you know, think about this is not, you know, this is not my friend as I know her. This is my friend going through some shit. And the mm -hmm. best thing that I can do is not think about my, you know, yeah. myself right now. But yeah. also at the same time, think about yourself in the sense that you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your own boundaries and your own space. And if... um uh, a friendship with a friend who's going through serious mental health problems is then impacting on your mental health or, you know, impacting on you in a very negative way. You also have to seek space for yourself and not take on all of those problems mm, and yeah. not become, you know, mm. it's very important that we protect ourselves. Um, but there's lots of stuff on the mind website actually about how you can help friends yes, so if you go to, to i think it's mind.org or mind just put mind yeah into you Google. have a local mind every area has a local mind yeah and you can yeah. contact them directly mm. to ask you know my friend's going through this shit like what, what can i do mm. but also there is a section on the website that goes through each disorder and explains how you can best support somebody who's going through those things because mm. each disorder is going to have different reactions different. that's yeah, true yeah, yeah, yeah. some people are going to go really inside themselves mm. some people are going to be out there being really like wild and manic and then they're going to be you know they might change completely mm. and some you know depression and bipolar will make somebody go very slow and yeah, can really so affect different. their speech. it's also so different. different so learn how to support each mm. individual disorder you know the, that's the best way to do it but yeah have, have boundaries check in even if they don't reply. But I saw something, I can't remember what it was that I was saw going around. I think it was after um, Mike from Love Island, sadly, um, took mm. his own life. Um, and, and some people were saying something about, um, okay, it was something about somebody going through some depression or something and they were really, really low for months and didn't want to reach out and didn't want to speak to anyone. And um, and then the, the person arranged a party or something and uh, invited all these people to this party and, and everybody was really reassured because they were like, oh, wow, he's like back. He's back to his normal self. He's arranged this party. Um, and he was like giving people stuff and, and everybody was there and he was like, oh, I love you all, da, da, da. And like the next day after the party, he took his own life. Um, and the point that they were trying to make was that actually this, this happens quite often. There was a few people giving different examples yeah. like when somebody goes low and then comes back and is like, yeah, I'm back. Actually, that could be that they're, they're I don't know, trying to, you know, mm. come into the end. Mm. Although now I'm saying that, I'm thinking, God, this is very confusing because, well, no, you know, be, like, yeah. come from ways. Like, yeah, know yeah. When I, I've, I've taken overdoses and stuff like that before and in very different ways as well. One way I was absolutely depressed for days and I was just on my own and took it, didn't tell anyone. 
other time, kind of like you. I tried to just be that Mr. Happy, call everyone up, make sure everyone was good and then go and do it. Mm. So it is, it is it is hard to see, you know. That's the thing about mental health is you can't see it. It's not just a sign on someone's head saying, yo, tonight I think I'm going to take my life. Mm. Some people wake up thinking that every single day. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like pff, more than 50% of the times of the week, I think about it. Do you know what I mean? Still now. Really? Yeah. And what stops you? Just, well, I try and think of like my son and trying to help others and stuff like that. Now I've got these like, you know, opportunities to help other people and that kind of helps me as well. But yeah, don't give me, like I said earlier, when, when things just all get too much, I'm just the extreme of, I've got to give up then. Mm. I've just got to leave and just give up. Mm. But yeah, I don't know, something keeps me going. So Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really important, isn't it, for all of us to kind of recognise different signs and yeah. and really be there for mm. people and 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 that's amazing that that these opportunities and stuff have have given you this motivation. I think that's Massive. something that's really yeah. important, isn't it? It's like give people some motivation, help them to see the value that they hold. Because everybody for men as well. holds, yeah, exactly. Mm. Everybody holds so much value. Every every single person, I think, even if they don't feel it or see mm. it themselves, so I encourage people to realise how much mm. worth they've got. But yeah, I mean, the suicide rate for men is is outrageous. Yeah, I can't remember the exact. I can't remember the statistics. I've got it written down somewhere on my phone, but it's. I think it's twelve yeah. men a week in yeah. in or twelve two men a day. I can't remember what it was, but the, the statistics yeah. are ridiculous for the amount of men that take their own lives. Mm. And uh, it's interesting because apparently more women suffer from depression and that is simply because although the statistics for that might be marred by the fact that less men go to seek help yeah but apparently more women suffer from depression because there are some forms of depression that are to do with the menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. um and to do with the hormones so women are more likely to suffer from depression but men are more likely to take their own lives as a result of it Mm. um and i mean as a man do you think that there is more stigma involved around mental health than there is for women or do you think it's changing now i think it's changing now yeah i I think i think it's like you like you said i think personally it's where men don't really go to seek the help Mm. that there's no statistics of these men all it is is just these men killing themselves yeah Yeah. do you know what i mean like i saw something the other day and it was like fourteen thousand something men killed themselves in the last year Mm. um and it was something like eleven thousand men died of knife crime and i just thought that's mad that there's so many knife crime campaigns yeah but there's no big campaign to say yeah like actually the biggest killer in men at the moment yeah is men killing themselves so why don't we like try and talk about that yeah and i think social media that's one of the greatest things that social media has done is actually open up that conversation Mm. um and and normalize it and so so I, i think that's really good but i think it's interesting because men certainly know the, the partners that I've been with in the past, they, they will literally wait until they are dying until they go to the doctor. Mm. Not, not, I mean, with physical yeah. health, like mm. men are much more Damn. like, yeah, stubborn. Get, yeah. Um, until they're dying of man mm. flu, but man flu is actually a thing, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's actually a real thing. <laughs> it's actually a real thing. So we can't, we can't have a go at men when they're like overemphasizing their, their flu because we apparently have natural painkillers. Um, because we're built to go through the trauma that is childbirth. So we have natural painkillers. So when we get ill, we don't feel it as much as men do. Oh, so we, we ha- do have to have a bit more sympathy with them. <clears throat> um, what I will say is though, ever since I've started talking about mental health on my page, mm. I've had so many guys 
message me and open up to me. Mm. It's been amazing. That's I've brilliant. had a handful of guys that I know, guys that have just randomly followed me, mm. have opened up and I'm, um, it makes me feel better to know that they have someone to actually speak to, even if they don't go to the doctors. Cause Mm. I I, I get it. Like looking at their Instagram, like no, you would never be able to tell if you looked at some of these guys, you wouldn't Mm. know. But I think it's, that's the important thing that they, they probably come to me because they don't, they don't feel like I'm going to judge them, which I'm not. Mm. And I think that's one thing that people need to sort of take away from this. If they're listening, you know, don't judge. Yeah. Show that mm. you're not going to be a judgmental person. Yeah, well. absolutely. All right. The next one says, I lost my dad to suicide and I have a real fear of getting close to a man just in case they leave in an instant. I was close to my dad. I'm get, I'm okay about talking about what happened now, but it's a big fear that I have. I've been single for six years. I just can't bear the thought of getting close to someone for them to just leave. That's sorry. sad. Sorry, I keep, yeah. wait, every time I read these out at the end, I'm just like, no. I feel like I need to like go, this is the end of what I'm saying. That's sad. I think but, yeah, that that's, needs more of a lady's point of view, I think. I'm going to leave that. Uh, that, I can't even imagine what, mm. what she's going through Ugh. because that pain, so sad. that pain and from what I've read about people who have, um, had relatives that have have taken their own lives they feel an overwhelming sometimes sense of guilt mm-hmm. loss and pain could they have helped mm-hmm. and i think you know looking at looking at this i think at some point in our lives we're all going to lose people mm-hmm. it's it's a part of life people will come and go and mm-hmm. i think it's something that she needs to learn to accept and needs to let go of the grief mm. and the pain and the hurt because that's probably what's stopping her from moving on because she's holding on to something that's been so traumatic that's happened to her that she doesn't know quite how to let go of it. Mm. But I think that's probably going to be the best way to, to to try and work through that pain and to accept the fact that people will come and go yeah. throughout her life. I mean, I think she's got abandonment issues and mm. that is really common. I've worked with a lot of people over the years who've got abandonment issues suicide is highly likely to cause that as you say suicide of a a loved one is going to come with so much more i guess many more layers than just Mm. if someone passes naturally or passes of old age or whatever it's very different because like you say there's just all these questions Mm. guilt grief anger um betrayal you know Mm. all all sorts of stuff that kind of can come with that but uh, abandonment issues can come as a result of parental divorce a parent leaving mm. in, in childhood for yeah. it not even necessarily uh them, them passing away um uh, and it is it has such a, a a massive impact on the relationships that we have in in later life it yeah. can even happen if you've had like a significant relationship and your husband's just walked out the door yeah and never come back you know abandonment issues are likely to arise from that and it's very difficult for people to step out of that thing where they think everyone's gonna fucking leave mm. um yeah you know what though part of borderline that's ab- abandonment issues is a big big really? big thing massive like i'll tend to more if i say if something seems too good to be true for instance um all right so like i was married mm. had a son i felt like she was gonna do something wrong do something dirty leave me something all the time i felt that for no reason she didn't so give you any end, indication of that it was just came from your yeah, yeah my head and then in the end i just built up such a wall that i almost self-sabotaged that relationship to get out of it mm. so i was in control of and i've, I've through therapy 
I've realised that's what I do with relationships. Because I've done it up till recently in another one. You destroy them before they can hurt you. Mm. Yeah. But not like, I'll just, I'll just not hurt them or cheat on them. I'll just create such a big wall and such a big gap between me and that person and cut myself off emotionally mm. that it almost is obvious that it's over. And has therapy and taught you to do differently? Have you managed to put that into practice? Um, I mean, not really. It's only, I've, I've got the understanding of it now. So I know that I'm doing it, but I still I still struggle to mm. not do it. And is your therapist giving you any sad. tips? Yeah, to- yeah, just you know, just to try and realise what I'm doing before I do it, mm. and and to you know remember that it's 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 in your head that a lot of these issues are you know they're not actually there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's like I say now now I understand it. I can I can sort of go okay yeah that's why I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm still not out of full. I've still not got full, full control over my mental health where yeah. I can say, "What? I know I'm doing, don't do that. Yeah. It's, it's too, very, it's it's too late most to of the that. time. The, the mind can really run away with itself. Mad. I mean, what she has to certainly do is, is, I mean, it sounds like she's had some kind of therapy and if she hasn't, then she definitely needs bereavement yeah. therapy and she needs to talk to her therapist about the, this fear now that that people are going to leave but she also has to do that thing that you that you are saying of of remembering that first of all not everyone's going to leave mm-hmm. but second of all it's okay if they do yeah it's okay if they do mm. and sometimes relationships are meant to end yeah um not everybody is going to abandon her mm. um but but also that she can cope and she can deal with uh, the end of a relationship yeah. but it's not going to hurt as much as that that was her dad mm. and that was something different uh, and actually she's been through that and she's done incredibly well to yeah. to recover from that and she's at a point where she's okay talking about that that shows her how much strength and she has. she's got inside her yeah. she, she can deal with this if, if some little fraggle of a fuck boy decides to, to run off after six months she's fucking well she's, adept yeah. at dealing with that like <laughs> it's not gonna you know so I think that there's there's things that she needs to do. Um, obviously, seek therapy, seek yeah. seek help, um, but also y- you know lay her cards on the table to a certain extent, not straight away, but to talk about that that fear that she has and and to explain it, but never to kind of. I think one of the things that we can do sometimes when we have abandonment issues is to put that on another person, like to say, you must never leave me. Oh, I've because, done that. Yeah, if mm. you leave me, mm. then it's going to be the worst thing. Yeah, mm. massively done that. Um, I've not had a very good relationship with my dad since I was 13. I'm now 27. So that's over half, mm. of, over half of my life. And that created huge, huge issues for me mm. growing up. And But my abandonment issues are at the other spectrum of where I would latch on to people, latch on to men, mm-hmm. so much so because I didn't want them to go. Mm-hmm. So mine wasn't the fact that I wouldn't let them in. I would definitely let them in. Mm. I'd tell them way too much, put all of my cards on the table and say, so yeah, I can really relate to that. Yeah, very much so. And part of my therapy has definitely helped me with that um, to overcome it. It's in the stages I'm in the stages of getting of getting through it mm. but it is hard but it, even talking about it even having the courage to 
speak about it mm. she can definitely do it yeah mm. i would definitely say yeah so. i think she needs to you know yeah. it's a significant part of her history you know yeah. and and like i say it doesn't need to be a confessional on the first day no. but as you know that you like somebody and you like yeah. their personality and you want to spend more time with them it's a really important thing to talk about yeah um and and to to be realistic with people about you know sometimes I might feel like this or behave like this, but I am in control of it. Mm. And maybe she needs to, to, to write things down, um, to keep a kind of check of her emotions mm. and, and try to writing a diary is, is always a really helpful thing to do. I find writing really therapeutic, like you said, with yeah. your music. Um, just to help her kind of see reality from what she's creating in her head and, and actually take every day one by like one day at a time. You don't need to worry about whether they're going to still be here at Christmas or in five years mm. time. Like, are they Enjoy here today? Yeah. Are they having a great time today? Did you go out and have a wicked date? Yeah, fine. That Focus on that. Exactly. Yeah, That's it. This day, this hour, let's not think about what's mm. going to happen tonight. Are they going to call me back? Who cares? Right now, things are great. Mm. So... I would say that's the best best way to deal with it. Mm. All right. Next one says, I recently came out of a short relationship with a guy with mental health issues. He had depression and anxiety. We had a good relationship, but unfortunately he ended things as over a period of a week, he started to get anxious about the relationship and he was overthinking a lot of stuff and he was getting himself into a bad headspace again. I'm so sad that it ended and I miss him every day, but I also want him to get better. I told him that if he wanted to date again when I when he was better that I would be here for him what would be your advice for dealing with mental health issues in a relationship and how to respect someone's boundaries when starting something with someone who's got a history of mental ill health I think you should answer that one. Oh, really yeah, yeah, I, think you'd, yeah. I think you'd give a good perspective on that it's I kinda, think you both would yeah. it's kind of like what I just said about that like in a, in a lot of, can you repeat it again Just so, so what, basically what she's trying to say is so we've got a question which is coming in a minute which is about dating um when you're the person with mental health mm. in fact i can't actually see where it is i hope i haven't deleted it oh yeah so the, so the, we're going to discuss how do you stop mental health issues and traumas impacting on dating which i guess we've already kind mm. of gone on to but this woman she doesn't have mental health issues herself but her partner or her ex-partner does and he's ended the relationship because of his anxiety Mm. so i guess what she's trying to say is like how how do you date someone who's got mental health mental ill health that's a difficult thing really yeah communication is so important the reason majority of my relationships didn't work is when I had issues like anxieties about the, the relationship or doubts or anything like that, I wouldn't speak about them. Mm. I would just, like I said, self-destruct it and just think, oh, I'll just ruin it instead so then I'm not going to get hurt. Maybe that's, you know what I mean? He, he mm. may just... Because the thing is, if you hurt like your partner, for me anyway, the guilt is the biggest thing that eats me up. Like, if I've done anything, like, it could be so small. And then my partner might be like, oh, you didn't text me back for, like, six hours. Now, she might just think that was just a text to me. But for me, they'll eat me up for days. And mm. I'll, I'll think so badly of myself and, like, that I'm the worst partner in the world. So then I'll just back away. So, I mean, if you've got that communication and you, and, and you can speak with your partner and, and sort of... You'll never fully understand if you, if you're not going through it yourself. That's what I believe. I think if you haven't got mental health, you can't fully understand it yeah. because it's yeah, so right. hard to describe. Right? There's so many aspects of it. But 
if you can at least communicate and try and say what where you're at like where your headspace is at at least they can sort of understand and and you can work together through these problems mm. um it's quite a sad situation that he felt like he had to leave but um yeah, yeah. going forward I'd say but it's good it is good that he communicated that isn't it that he said like yeah. Yeah, this, is, good. this is causing me so much anxiety but yeah it is shit that he wasn't able to go but can we work with this together yeah, can I can stick we? with you and mm. get you to help me through this anxiety or can you back away for a bit mm. and I'm you know so maybe there is other stuff going on here yeah. that, that could be more because also mm. when in his head if he's feeling guilty about a load of things mm. he's gonna want to get away from that and he's not gonna want to try and make that work because he's thinking it's not helping my mental health feeling like i'm not being the best boyfriend for her yeah i'm now feeling worse about myself so sometimes you have to i'll tell you what's striking me though about what you're saying and i, I don't know if you feel the same soraya but without being like anti-man in any way because mm. i'm not anti-man i bloody love men that's part of my fucking problem but um it, it, if what you're saying to me mm. kind of sums up pretty much every, every man which mm. is like that they're not very good at communicating certain things and so mm. we get into this kind of anxious situation when they haven't messaged back for ages or whatever and then we end up getting into these situations where we're like oh you're making me feel like this and then they they don't talk to us about how they're feeling and mm. then you know, so not even necessarily to do with mental health, but I think there's often barriers of communicating mm. with men because we communicate on a much more emotional level, yeah. which then stresses them out. And as mm. you say, they start to feel guilty about something, but they can't explain that to us. Mm. And it all gets a bit, unless you're dealing with a man who's really kind of very able to express himself mm. and articulate yeah. himself, which actually I found a lot of the guys that I've dealt with haven't been able to. And that's, been massive problem in, mm. in in the relationship do you if you am i i don't i feel like i'm not explaining that right i understand but. what you mean fully um yeah if i've been feeling emotional or speaking to a guy about it try to explain it they might have shut down completely might have ghosted me yeah all those like kinds it's too of heavy things. for them to take like it or- is and to be fair to them maybe when i was in the worst stages of my depression and my anxiety I probably was. And I can only look back and say that now because I can see it now. But at the time, it really, 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 really hurt. Mm. But I think this person, do you have to respect that person's boundaries of them saying they need that time out? You Mm. have to just listen to them because you can't overstep that mark. They have no mental clarity at the moment either. That's probably likely too. They can't even, like Anon said, they probably can't even think straight to keep themselves going, Mm. let alone then have to think about someone else who you're in a relationship and who you've got to look after. It's too much. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because it feels like rejection, no matter what. Like, you know, even if you understand fully, Mm. fuck, like he can't cope with how, you know, he can't even give anything to himself at the moment. How is he expected to have a a positive and good relationship? Mm. But like, ultimately you still are going to feel like, oh, why like mm. what could I have done differently what could I have done better yeah don't You've take it personally especially when when mental health is involved because this guy might not be able to shower for two weeks yeah he might just not have no energy to get up and do anything or, or you know so then to add, oh, you've also got to meet me. You got to make me smile. You got to make me laugh. You got to do this. Yeah. You got to be there for me. You got to too do, much. Yeah, the dude's just gonna, you know, yeah, take his life or, or do it. You know, it's a lot. It, it won't be enough. Yeah. So 
It's a lot. And so, on, you know, on to that next question, which is how do you stop mental health, health issues and traumas impacting on dating? Um, Don't date. Uh, but actually we laugh but i think you have to recognize that first of all dating is not the be all and end all you don't necessarily need a partner to in your life being single is okay and you have to figure out whether you're in the space for dating yeah You've got to love yourself before you can love anyone. Amen. Innit? That's right. That's facts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. if so you can't, true. if you can't, you know what I mean? Give yourself that, that care and that love and that respect to yourself, then how are you going to do it to anyone else? Yeah. You know I mean? I've not dated anyone since January the 20th last year. And so far, this is becoming the best time of my life. Like yeah. I'm becoming so much more comfortable with who I am, accepting myself, loving myself, and becoming the best version of me because I am not dating. It's not to say that I won't in the future, but I think, you know, I had to find that self-love because mm. for years I didn't have any where I was trying to find it from someone else mm. who I wanted them to accept me mm. and my anxiety and my depression because I couldn't accept mm. myself. So my advice out there to anyone would be right now, if you're going through it, think about yourself. Having yeah. someone else right now is... Mm. like you said not the be all and it's end not all. a support no, no. because it's, it's actually know. like you said you described it so it's well it can bring more stress, mm. more stress uh, yeah. and, I, and I think that obviously if you are in a, a good relationship and then you suffer with mental ill health you know you should expect that partner mm. to be there yeah. for you but if you are in the midst of mental ill health that is not the right time to be going out mm. and mm. looking for a new partner because number one what are they falling in love with? They're not falling in love with the real you. No, they're no, falling no. in love with the you who's in yeah. crisis. Yeah. Um, and and also, you know, you're very vulnerable at that time and you might attract the wrong partner, yeah. um, people who are going to take the piss out of that vulnerability. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you leave yourself quite open to, to really not great things mm. happening. But that's not to say that people who suffer with mental health issues cannot get into relationships yeah. of course they can yeah. and of course you should date but you should only do that when you're in the headspace of mm. in a good place yeah. and not trying to seek a partner for to to like add you know this is what's going to make me happy i'm going to be unwell until i have this support mm. from this new partner because that's that's yeah. not what it's going to be a lot of people think that as well they mm. think i can't deal with it on my own so i'll just get a Someone partner mm. yeah and that normally makes it worse. worse. Yeah, it's not not the right way of going about <laughs> no, it. Because you're going to hurt that person as well. That poor, which isn't fair on them. That you've yeah, got involved yeah. in this now. You're going to end up hurting them. So. But do you feel it's something that you have to like? You, you know, say you do start dating somebody. Mm. At what point do you say, "Oh, I need to let you know that I do, I've been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder"? Early for me. Right. Early, straight away. <laughs> like mm. yeah, because I need them to understand, and then if they if they if from straight away they're just like oh cool what's that like then I'm like alright cool they want to know a little bit about it but if they just shoot it down and sort of then I just think I'm not even going to spend no time because I think they've if they're not even interested at what I'm telling them now then when you know shit gets hot and, and it goes mad you're not going to be interested then to try and like look at ways mm. to help me and yeah. stuff and to stick by me and support me so mm. yeah I told them straight away if I'm getting involved with someone what about you? I've not actually been in that position yet mm. I've never actually told anyone that I've been dating that I've got anxiety and depression only because I think when I've been in the midst of it guys have just oh she's got issues they've mm. ghosted and I thought oh no I can't tell them and then it's just happened again and again mm. and again so yeah, I, I think now though, because I am so public about it, 
it's there. Like it's, yeah. they, they, they so. will know. So I think the next guy who I do date, I will tell them because I can't, I can't run away from it. Yeah. And I guess for both of you, it's quite a matter of fact now, because yeah. when you, you're probably going to talk about a career first and mm. if your career, well, I'm a, mental health p- podcaster yeah. and vlogger oh I've got this tune medicated yeah. you know I mean yeah. it's like it's going to be out there yeah. anyway it's not going to be like a, a hidden thing I do think it's important to tell people I'm not sure if it should be necessarily I mean a first date if you want it to I just don't think first dates should be confessionals I think yeah. first dates should be fun I think that they should be easy breezy I don't need to tell you that my parents divorced when I was seven and since then <laughs> I've had daddy issues because he fucking done no. I don't no. really need to, even though it's like a big part of me and it's like you know I don't really need to tell you that on the first date but yeah. second third when I know that I fancy you when I think maybe things are going to be happening mm. but I also think that um it's, it's important to think about the way you do it and rather than making that the centrepiece of you because that's mm. not the centre, that's not all you are. Like if you had kidney failure or diabetes, you're not going to spend the whole second day talking about diabetes mm. and how it's no, taken no. over your life and this is what you, you know, you don't want to spend two hours talking about diabetes the same way that you don't need to spend two no. hours talking about Do you know that. why I mention it first? Mm. Because I don't know if it's the same with you, but I feel like, if I say if me and you went out on a date, yeah, yeah. and I didn't tell you that I had borderline yeah. personality disorder until three dates later, yeah, I wouldn't want you to think, well, I've invested all this time, yeah, and, and now you're telling me yeah. this, and I'm not yeah. sure if I want to get involved. I know, so no, I, I get that. It. It's interesting, isn't it? We don't need it? to go deep. We just, I just let you know, even in a text beforehand yeah. or something, yeah. so we know but what to do with. Then, how would you feel if it was something like herpes or HIV? Yeah, then again, you'd want to know. Yeah, but I don't know because I don't think you would want to tell somebody that on a first date. But then again, you might still say, you know, say three dates later, you didn't give them the opportunity. But it's the same kind of thing. Your mental Mm. health Mm. or your HIV or your herpes Mm. is not necessarily going to cause any problems for your relationship or for Mm. that other person. Not necessarily. It's just something they need to be aware of about you. I don't know. It's hard though because on my bad days, I don't. I don't even want to talk to anyone. Yeah. I'm just laying there. Mm. I could be triggered. I'm in my bed. My heart's racing, and I've got someone texting my phone, and I'm thinking, I really don't want to talk to you. Yeah. But mm. if they're new, I can't even explain it to you them. I can't. Them. Even, yeah. I can't even tell them, yeah, especially if I've been in bed the whole weekend. I've not done anything. Not even brushed my teeth. Mm. What? Mm. What? What do I tell them? It's, so you yes. have to sometimes. I think you're pretend. right. It's a fine line. I think everyone will probably handle it in a, in a in a in a different way. But I think in some respects, I might just give someone my Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Just give it that matter of fact thing because so that then you can say actually you know, we were supposed to go on a date lot, uh, you know, tomorrow mm. I'm going to have to back out. And that's not because I feel any different mm. about you. I'm just so low today. To yeah. No. And that is important because I guess mental health does impact on dating in that way. Yeah. Doesn't it? Mm. People sometimes can't cope with getting out of the house or mm. answering their phone or sending a text Might back. Might be anxiety or, going to a busy restaurant. Yeah. Like, do you know mm. what I mean? Or a busy bar. I might prefer to go to somewhere a bit quiet. So, yeah. yeah. It's just that sort of thing. That's why I just. So be real. I tell it from yeah, early. Yeah. From early. Yeah. Well, that's just my experience. And if they can't handle it, then they can't handle you. Then there's no point in having a second date. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. The next one says I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. It mainly affects my romantic relationships. I'm finding it very hard to get the correct help as I work full time, but it affects my life massively and I really need help. Are there any suggestions on self-help or is seeing a therapist my only way to cure this horrible disorder? There's a group therapy called Steps. Oh, 
and it's for have you heard of it it's got no. it's for people with borderline personality disorder and yeah. it's like a group therapy massively but do you have to actually go to it during the day or is it in the night because no, what she's saying is so she's working nine yeah, to five she so can't there's like, there's like six or seven throughout the week and like all different times evening oh. daytime weekends sundays and you just go and it's just a social thing to talk to other people with borderline personality disorder. Amazing. Yeah, it's proper. Like I had CBT therapy to help with my social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then from that, he said, I think you need to go to steps therapy and try that because it will help you get a lot of understanding. When I did that, my life literally changed. Really? Yeah, genuinely. So if people just Google steps and mm, then BPD, yeah. for example. S-T-E-P-S-S. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So yeah, that's, really a, that's a really good suggestion. Yeah, really good. Um, but also I think that actually perhaps, you know, I think if you're working full time, it's incredibly important. Like if you'd broken your leg, you would say to your boss, I've broken my leg. I actually have to keep going and getting my cast changed or whatever. They let you when off you work. And they would be very mm. happy to let you off. They're not going to say, no, mm. you've got to sit yeah. in your desk with your leg hanging off. Like, yeah. You can, yeah. I, I think we need to start getting bolder about saying, no, I'm not very well. Mm. And I need to go and see a therapist mm. and boom work work environments need to change they mm -hmm. massively need to change i work in a sales environment now and when i was first diagnosed at 21 it was difficult because that was what six years ago and speaking about mental health mental illness definitely wasn't as prominent as what it is now um and it was very frowned frowned on to, to speak about mm. and even then um i had a manager who i've got a lot of respect for and she meant this with the best of intention i know she did but she in the nicest way possible told me that I kind of needed to get over what I was going through if I ever wanted to be successful mm. which no, yeah you, you wow. know get over it mm. but I know the place that she was coming from was a, was it, it was from a place of love mm. but she just didn't Word articulate it, it in mm. the, the best way and I think you know work environments need to change especially because people are going through this they are going through this Monday to Friday mm. and they should feel comfortable enough to say, look, you know, my mental health isn't isn't right. I need to take some time off without mm. your management, breathing down your neck, yeah. without HR, breathing down your neck, yeah. without walking in the office, without people staring at you. Because I can guarantee you there were probably people in her same position. I said, um, I actually said this to my colleague today. I said, every workplace needs to have an anonymous email inbox without mm. a traceable IP address that everyone can send an email two and it will go and everyone can say exactly how they're feeling yeah and and detail what that workplace needs to do in order to help everyone really with their mental idea. health yeah. and actually it makes sense on a business level because if your staff are are functioning or firing on all levels then yeah. they're going to be more productive and do better yeah, work massively. rather than if they're sitting there thinking oh, i fucking need to get to a therapist mm. immediately and mm. i can't get out of here mm. you know it's going to affect your work isn't it mm. bpd i'm sure is is, is going to have a massive impact mm. on on your professional life so i think that actually she needs to either try to seek a therapist outside of work hours some yeah. therapists do skype yeah and also people um there is a directory somewhere online. I did see it and I should have figured out where the fuck it was, but Google it for your local area, free therapy. Yeah. Um, because there is free therapy mm. available. There is. You can either get referred by your GP if you live in the UK. I know that NHS waiting lists are quite long, yeah. but you can get free therapy on the NHS, but often CBT and things like that only come in, like I think they'll give you 12 or something and then, mm. then it runs out. Mm. Um, Some places do subsidised ones. If you go to certain charities, they will do it for you cheaper depending. Mm on your age so yeah. 
Steps um, is free though. Steps is free. I know with borderline personality disorder, you can get more long-term mm. therapy um, from uh, from the NHS. Mm. But 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 if you can't get that, seek free therapy. There's lots mm. of people who are doing therapy courses who yeah. are offering it free as part of their placements and things like that. See if you can get it on Skype. If you can't, really can't, I don't know if you're working some mad, crazy hours and you really can't get out to see a therapist, there are obviously things that you can do to try to self-manage, Self, isn't yeah, there? Well, yeah. Like, So I know that obviously eating really well mm. is really important to any type of, of, of mental health yeah. um, disorder. So eating really well. Trying to keep on top of your routine. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's so important. That's, yeah, it is so important. The yeah. minute you start slacking on a couple of things spirals Everything, yeah. and you just think oh well I won't do any of that and you now. just sit there and then you're there yeah. for days yeah just, mm. um, so keep yourself organised mm. sleep well if you can yeah. try oh, to go yeah. to bed good don't sleep. lay in the oh, do you know what there's a really good sleep therapy thing on YouTube yeah mm. and I never used to be able to sleep but now I use this every night and he's called Michael Seeley oh, I've heard of that heard yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just check this out this guy and he has like um, so it'll be like sleep anxiety uh, like anxiety mm. sleep problems depression all different videos yeah and you'll listen to them and then yeah it'll just be like a, a, a meditation sort of thing to go yeah. to sleep with and, and it works yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> I wake up in better frame of mind and stuff sometimes there's a Headspace app as well the Headspace, Headspace app is, is, is free and they've got a sleep mm. section on there which mm. is really cool like it guides you through this weird like town so you lay there and it's like you are now in mm. sleepy town. Yeah, that voice is and you're standing outside a cat hotel yeah. and you can see the cats breathing deeply. And Four I'm just cats. like, and you're actually Four imagining cats. the cats. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And you think, this is a bit mad. <laughs> next thing you know, you wake up the next morning and you're like, wow. Stare at cats and then I fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. But then I dream, especially now that I've given up smoking weed and I'll end up like having some dream that the cats have like arranged some mad terrorist, yeah. terrorist <laughs> plot. And now I'm pregnant and I don't know which cat is the dad. <laughs> Like, it's like my, my, my mind just it's my mind runs over yeah, so yeah eat well sleep well exercise also keeping mm. a diary of your emotions each day like what has helped you cope well what has triggered you mm. um, and try to identify those things if you know what your triggers are then then that yeah. is uh, and what your coping mechanisms are and you can start to kind of be Pets more really thoughtful as well oh really Pets. yeah I don't know if it did you I'm allergic to dogs oh really oh no See, Get a hamster. Having that little. <laughs> what having pet that have you little, got? Yeah, dog. Uh, yeah. But then having that, it just like, it always let me know, you're like, oh, he's there for me. Do you know what oh. I mean? Yeah, but pets really, they use pets in, in cancer treatment and dementia and, um, and I think with depression as yeah. well. Like they. Massively. Because yeah, are... there's been days before. I, I don't know if you've seen this new um, program by Ricky Gervais called Afterlife. No, I haven't. People have keep recommending that. that absolutely amazing his wife dies and then basically he's just really suicidal and he's facing really bad times um but he's got this dog mm. and he literally like one morning he's about to take his life and then the dog makes this noise and he sees the dog's hungry and he's like actually no this dog's keeping me alive because he's no. giving me a reason to be yeah. alive do you know what i mean because he needs me so if i'm not here what's he gonna have and that's why that makes i think so pets much sense. literally yeah. I've always had pets because it just gives me that little. Mm. And I've got my son as well, but yeah. still, it's a dog in it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, can't stroke your son. Yeah. They're lo so loyal and loving as well. They, they, like, yeah. they my, just make me feel My loved, dog died on Wednesday. Oh, I'm oh. so sorry. It's all right. It's okay. Oh, damn it. I wish I'd never said anything that now. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm dealing with it. We, it was very uh, sad, though. We yeah, had her for imagine. like 15 years. Oh, I know. Oh. But anyway. 
R.I.P. Dodger. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's move on to the next one. On that note, thanks for triggering me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's just fine. I, I can deal with it. All right. This one's a good, good question. How can you tell the difference between normal pain and heartache after a breakup and real depression? It's a good question, isn't it? Such a good question. What do you think the signs are? You can, I think, with a normal breakup, you 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 accept it, you you accept it, you process it, and you go through the motions of moving on. But what I've found is with when I've had actual depression, I can't process it, I Mm. can't accept it. Mm. I stay in my bed, Mm. I cry. I'm on the phone to my friends all the time. I hate myself. Like, I just, I don't, I just can't even look at myself in the mirror. Mm. Let go of yourself. Yeah, like I can't, like, I can't process uh, any sort of emotion at all. Yeah, mm. I feel that. Is that, is that what you were going to say? Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah, ditto. I literally. mean, heartbreak. I, I've, I've been through it on probably two occasions. And I mean, it, it really hurts like yeah. it is like bereavement it is like you experience real grief I mean heartache can really mm. hurt and there have mm. been studies that say that actually it is akin to physical pain like what yeah. your body goes through when you experience heartache is actually mm. like a, it is almost like an illness but I think the difference between the heartache that you experience after a breakup is that it's kind of sadness that comes and goes you can pull yourself together to go to work you can get through that and then you come home and collapse and listen you know all by myself <laughs> eating like tubs nice. of ice cream you know what I mean but but you you know you mm. can function as and when you need to it's waves of sadness that you get whereas yeah. I think with real depression it's constant and you yeah. can't you know it's not like or it's very difficult for you to get your shit together to go to work you know it's a real mm. I think especially if you've got underlying depression as well if you've had d- depression before a breakup and then someone breaks up with you i think that will definitely make things Mm. worse as opposed to someone who has regular mental health going for a breakup they'll probably be able to cope with it quite well because their emotions they process them they know how to regulate their own emotions whereas whereas me no chance Mm. no chance i can't i i struggle yeah definitely struggle yeah do you know what i think it is I think with heartbreak, I think you like when you when you're in a relationship, you become emotionally attached to that person. Mm. So like your daily routine is with that person mm. most of the time. Where um, so then breaking up with that person now is just like adapting to life. So yeah, you're sad because they're not in your everyday life routine. Yeah. Like, so it's that emotional mm. attachment that you more miss than anything. Yeah. But then with the depression side, I feel like it's not just the emotional attachment; it's literally everything's shit around me yeah the whole world needs to end right now yeah my life is shit no one wants me it's that yeah it's, it's a much more bigger you know and then you yeah. just think right i'm not gonna shower i'm not gonna go out i'm not gonna speak to no one not gonna do anything yeah, yeah. whereas if you're dealing with heartbreak you kind of think right let me try and go out with my mates and yeah pick myself up and i'll have a few drinks tonight and mm. you know that's mm. yeah i think actually sometimes we should embrace heartache a bit i think sometimes you you know if you you go through that pain at the end of of a relationship Mm. and you feel like oh i don't want to feel like this anymore but actually sometimes it's good to feel it it's good to cry it's good to have those sad times it's good to go i'm feeling really fucking shit right now Mm. i'm going to cry i'm going to call my friends 
I'm going to do everything I can, but embrace it. Don't try to fight it. Mm. Recognize that actually feeling low periods can be quite good. It can be quite centering, but then obviously recognize when those low periods have gone lower Mm. to the point where you are self neglecting, Mm. self harming, Mm. not able to function anymore. um, Because then you might have slipped into a form of depression because Mm. reactive depression can occur, you know, as a result of traumatic life, life events which is probably worse if you've already suffered from depression but certainly if whatever type of pain you are feeling feels too much and you can't cope with it on your own seek support yeah. professional support go to your gp contact mind contact the samaritans although every time i post about the samaritans i get messages from people saying oh, i've had a really bad experience really? calling them yeah I've, I've had people obviously say that they've had a good experience i've had a couple of people who, who've had who phoned up and have felt like more suicidal when they've come off the phone which is really That's you're not nodding have you heard that before mm. as well mm. it kind of happened to me once really? really what happened they were just um this this lady didn't really, i don't think she really understood what i was saying but i was in a real bad place and I was saying to her, like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had anywhere and da-da-da-da-da. And she was like, well, what have you got? And I was just like, mate, the way you said that just, mm. it made me, like, to, to some people it may not be nothing, but I was like, yeah, you know, I've got my son, but right now it just feels like nothing is relevant to me. She was like, well, don't be stupid, you have a son. <laughs> and, and I was like, what? Like, bruv, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, you're saying, man, don't be stupid because I've got a son. I'm telling you, it feels irrelevant oh right now. And then afterwards, I come off there and I just felt like, Mate, yeah, I this is the like same. But yeah, now. it might have been the same woman. I should have ran out. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but then other times I've like I have rang after because they have helped me before mm. when I've been in a real bad place and they've spoke to me for like hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, and then I'm like, all right, I'm a bit more composed now and yeah. I'm thinking again. And so mm. yeah, it's just there are lots of helplines out there. I know that I don't know what the name of it. There's one that's specifically for men. Um, I can't bloody remember. I should have like done some research and written yeah. it all down. I've got a, po- I've got a post of it on my page. I listed a load but of numbers. Google, I think Google, it's calm. Google. Yes, that's calm. it. Yes, yeah, Google is your fucking friend. If you're feeling low, mm. if you're feeling mm. down, if you need to speak to someone 24 hours a day, there yeah. are helplines available. If you ring Samaritans and you get that crazy lady who's like, hey, yeah. don't, don't be stupid. Yeah. Then just <laughs> put the just, phone down. Yeah, back. put the phone down yeah. call back yeah, try and get someone that's what else I was gonna say because even in other therapy as well like face-to-face therapy i've gone before and it's been terrible mm. and the crisis team have come out to me and they've been absolutely terrible but then other times they've been absolutely amazing so anyone that is getting any sort of therapy if it doesn't go well on the first time just keep with that hope and keep at it and, and that's yeah be that's top advice and say it you might not be the right person for me. Can I just see someone else? Yeah. Yeah. Because absolutely. Mm, mm, you don't yeah. want to give up on something when, because no. CBT, like I said, then steps changed my life. But my first CBT, I, I only went to two and then I was like, this is not for me at all. Yeah. And then I went back, saw a different man and he was literally perfect for me. CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy, by the way. And that's the thing I think, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I went for therapy. It didn't work for me. But it's like, what kind of therapy did you go, go to? Because it's not one size fits all. There's CBT, psychodynamic therapy. Mm. Mm. There's a whole range of different things that are going to fit different people at mm. different times. And you can't just go to one therapist and go, oh, therapy don't work for me. It might be that therapist that didn't work mm. for you. Mm. And they're not going to get offended by right that. They're, yeah. they're going to expect you to shop around a little bit um uh, and do that because Mm. therapy does work there's no it's tried and tested Mm. i don't think there's anyone in the world who therapy doesn't work for if Mm. they are 
accessing the right therapy with the right person mm. and doing it properly yeah like putting them all into it yeah yeah and yeah being honest yeah honesty is incredibly important mm. so the next one says can being neglected and abused as a child make you treat your girlfriends badly even if you're in love with them uh-uh. no the, the, this this what made me really think are you in an abusive relationship yeah. Like, is he being awful to you and then going, oh, but babe, you know my past, you know? Yeah, well, that does, it's not an excuse. Never. I've had a horrible upbringing, but never once been abusive to anyone. And it really makes me sick when I watch these things, like 24 hours in police custody. Mm. And they sit there and they say, oh, you know, no, nah, I'm not guilty for beating up this woman. Da, da, da. They go out and then they come in with this organised statement saying, oh, I was suffering with mental health at the time. And that's what, and I just think that is disgusting. Mm. So many people use it as an excuse to do what they want. Yeah. And it's not that at all. And that literally it boils me up because yeah. I just think, God, mate, you're you're not actually going through it because if you was, you wouldn't be using that as an excuse. You'd be trying to get help to change your life so you wasn't doing whatever you're doing. You wouldn't anymore. put someone that you love through that in that position and yeah. in that and in that place. And I've been in that position and out with um, a guy a couple of years ago and he used the same sort of excuses. It was a very emotionally abusive relationship and my family had to stage an intervention, which was tough, mm. which was really tough. And I was trying to make excuses for him. Like, no, it's fine. He's going through stuff. And that wasn't an excuse because if he did love me as much as what he claimed, then he wouldn't have done it. He's mm. very narcissistic and, and a massive sociopath though. Mm. Oh, now right. I, yeah, now I can see that at the time mm. I couldn't see that. So I would definitely say to this woman, get out. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. There is no excuse. It's the same with alcohol. When people say, oh, I only hit her or I was only nasty because of alcohol. No, mm. alcohol did not make mm. you do that. Mm. Millions of people can drink without being abusive to their partners. Yeah. Millions of people can be abused in childhood without being abusive mm. to their partners. Probably. Millions of people can have mental health without, you know, yeah. you can't, it is, it's it, being neglected and abused as a child is going to cause trauma and it's going to cause your reactions and your behaviors to perhaps, um, be different to somebody who had a really secure and, and fantastic safe childhood mm. but it does not cause you to be abusive to partners mm. and we all have personal responsibility if you know that whatever you went through in your childhood is, is impacting on your relationships and how you treat others it's your responsibility to go out and get help for that and it, it is, can never be excused mm -hmm. never ever mm. ever ever no and I think it's really important. I think it's very difficult because I think actually often what abusive partners do is they will open up about um, mental health. They will yeah. open up about feeling suicidal. They'll open up about feeling depressed. And then obviously they're with empathic partners who are like, oh my God, I, I want to protect yeah, you. He's opened you. up to me. Mm. And now he's told me all this stuff about him being abused in childhood. I feel like I need to fix him and be there for him. Mm. And so then when he does turn around and go, you fucking slag, mm. give you a little clip, you know, you're more like, and then turns around 10 minutes later and goes, I'm so sorry, babe. Like I'm going through. Or if you they're know, narcissistic, they yeah. bang on you. Yeah. yeah. Gaslight you. Yeah. So then you get caught in this trap of feeling like, oh, you know, but I can't let him down because he's told me all of this and mm. I'm now burdened with the responsibility of his childhood. I can't leave. 
um, or he'll kill himself or whatever. You know, you can't get into that. This is what yeah. I call the depressive fuckboy. People mm. who are not actually genuinely depressed or perhaps they are, but they use it as an excuse to mm. just be absolute complete everything. and yeah. utter wankers. Yeah. Not okay. No. Not acceptable. So yeah, I think we all agreed. Yeah, yeah I think massively. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I have children and a professional career, but I'm in a very dark place at the moment and I don't want to seek professional help in case a referral is made to social services or my employers find out and they think I'm not capable of doing my job. What options do I have? I would say, I would say find a therapist that is available on a Saturday Mm. because they are available. You just, they're out there. You just have to find them. But what if she's got no childcare? Do the Skype. You can try and do Skype or you can do telephone therapy. I know that's out there. Um, I can empathise with the with the work situation because because I've been there and I wouldn't want to feel, I wouldn't want my management to feel that I can't do my job. But if she's in a position as she's in, then you might just have to speak to HR. It's, it is confidential and I know it's hard and, and you don't want it to impact but. I think when it comes to bringing children into it, although I don't have any, there does come a time and there does come a point where you will, will you will need to to speak up, and it's not easy and it shouldn't be taken lightly. But I would definitely say seek out the therapy over the Skype or go and see a professional, go and see a doctor. That's what she's scared of, isn't it? She's scared of going to the GP mm. because she knows that the GP is going to say. It depends. I think it depends how old your child is. Because well, I had some friends who went through that as well. There's going to be a point in your life yeah. where you've got to face it. Yeah. yeah because if true. you keep pushing it off, it's going to get worse. That's true. And then your kids could end up with no parent because you take your life or exactly. whatever. That's so. true. I think it's a bit of a myth. Pe- people are so scared of social services and I've had a lot of experience of yeah. working with social services throughout my professional career. And I, and I have to say to her that if you are in a dark place, the people who it's going to be affecting mainly are your kids and the darker it gets the worse life gets for your children and the best thing that you can do for them is get that referral to social services social services doesn't mean they're going to run in and take your children the process of of removing children from a social services perspective is actually very hard unless they come in and it's an emergency situation a social worker on their own does not have the power or the authority to take children in an emergency situation they would have to get the police there to put them under police protection which only lasts 72 hours and the police are not going to do that unless the children are at risk of significant harm and if your children are at risk of significant harm because your mental health is so low at that point Maybe then actually thing. it's a fucking good, good thing, thing. Good and they're not going to try and put them in foster care what they're going to do is they're going to call dad aunties grandma you know your mm. support network is going to be the first mm. people that they go to but don't let it get to that, that point, point. No. so if you don't go to the gp and you don't get that help that's where it's going to end up and i can tell you it's a lot mm. better for you if social services come because you've called them and you've said oh, i'm struggling and i, I need, need support help, yeah. rather than them coming in because the school have said these kids are turning up looking completely deranged mm. they've said that mum's not, mm. not capable of, of making them a pat lunch mum's mm. laying on the kitchen floor in a fetal position mm. you know 
if they are called out to you for those reasons again they'll still offer you support and they're not going to want to remove your children long term um but it's it's going to be a lot better if if you if you seek that help so i think we need to let go of the stigma and realize that going to a professional Mm. there's no judgment there from your gp there's no judgment social services will see it time and time and time again Mm. um and if worse comes to worse with the work thing lie about your sickness i know i shouldn't say that yeah, I know, I know I shouldn't really advocate sort of lying about being sick, but if you really do not want to tell your work about it and you mm. want to go and seek some treatment, if you don't work with anyone who is your immediate circle of friends outside mm. of work, mm. they so, won't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I think yeah, no. that's probably take some time out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. as as a parent, take some yeah. time out. Look after yourself because if you crash mm. and burn, then yeah, what you know, you yeah. who's going to look after? Yeah, if you your don't kids. want to tell them that you, you know you want to look after your mental well-being, tell them it's something else. If, yeah. if that's if you yeah. don't, if you really don't want to say that, yeah, cool. The next one says, what do you do when your anxiety has crippled you for months, but you still have bills to pay and deadlines to meet? Life goes on, but my anxiety makes it so hard. And I think we've kind of answered that a little bit. Go to the doctor, get signed off work. CBT is so important for anxiety, isn't it? It teaches you strategies Mm. and skills for kind of breaking out of that yeah anxiety yeah. um but also there's there's lots of you know there's no shame in medication that there, there is you know i take medication yeah and there's mm-hmm. no shame in it i think a lot of people online are we listen to a load of cr- crazy people who are, don't vaccinate your yeah. kids don't do this don't put these medication don't eat meat. yeah <laughs> yeah you know and actually there might be yeah. some benefits to, yeah, to that one be, yes, but, but actually mm. you, you know the, this whole kind of you know the government are trying to poison us mm. i don't i don't buy into any of that conspiracy theory mm. shit i trust the nhs right. there are some amazing doctors on the yeah. nhs and they're Sorry. not trying to poison us to make us all like vote no. for brexit or whatever like did <laughs> this you know if you need medication and it's going to save your job and your yeah. life fucking take it do you know what i i I got um i've I've been on a few different ones like over the years where there's i would say it's not working or this that and the other but a few years ago when i got diagnosed with bpd and then i got put on this tablet it literally changed Mm. everything man like i could get up in the morning i could sleep properly Mm. i had an appetite again it just it it gave me that everything that i needed that was lacking because otherwise before that tablet i'd go four or five days wouldn't eat just have a little bit of drink here and there and that's it mm. do you know what I mean so now made a big difference. I get up yeah I'm in a routine so that's good and it's not going to mm. work for everyone is it I mean nah. I think with me I took I started taking the the tablets and they didn't work and in some respects I kind of maybe do wish that I went back to the doctors and changed them the reason the main reason why I came off of them is because I had concerns from family who said oh don't take them because we've had friends who have got addicted and then try to come off them and then take in their own lives. So I think mm. it was kind of as well a bit of outside pressure. Mm. The the reason why I tried to sort of go outside of that and just tried the healthy eating and tried the gym. But I've got friends now who are on medication and the turnaround for them for them feeling better has been so quick. So mm. maybe in hindsight Phenomenal. Yeah, maybe in hindsight if I'd have changed then mm. it could have turned things around for me a little bit quicker. But it's did. different strokes for different yeah, folks. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like we said about the therapists. Yeah, some yeah might exactly. Work for someone. <clears throat> it's exactly. Just, it's just literally finding because we could both have depression, but yours is completely different to mine. Yeah, yeah. We could both have borderline. We could both have bipolar, but we've got different traits. traits. Yeah. yeah, you know, you've got them five. I've got them six or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. we're both. It's different. Not one size fits yeah, all. Is so it? Different therapists will help on different tablets. 
I mean, I think again, a bit like what I said with the heartache, sometimes you kind of have to almost embrace your anxiety. She, mm. She's done well. She's, yeah. Her anxiety has crippled her for months, but yet she's still been paying her bills and she's still been meeting her deadlines. That even though that is the hard, she has yeah. been Big struggling to do man. that. Big her up. And, and, and actually she should stay focused on those good things. First of all, it's okay to be anxious. Yeah. And it's okay to go, I'm an anxious person and this is how my mind works mm. and I just have to work through life a little bit differently uh, to mm. make a success of it. Mm. Um, and actually a success is simply getting out of bed. That's true. A success is you getting out of your bed and going out of the front door. Mm. Fucking well done. Mm. And appreciate those things before you go to bed at night. Write a list of those things. Write a list of the good things that have happened today. Even if that good thing is literally I got out of bed mm. and then I got straight back in it, but mm. I still got mm. out of it. So praise yourself and, and look at those achievements um, and stay focused on those. And also break things into like small, manageable little chunks mm. that, you know, don't necessarily think I've got to go to work today. <laughs> think I've just got to get out of my bed. Mm. And then next thing I've got to put on my socks mm everything in tiny little chunks okay yeah. all i've got to do is get to the train station doesn't matter if i don't go any further than the mm. train station i've just got to get there and then mm. when you're there okay next i've just got to get on the train mm. take it in small really easy little manageable yeah. steps it gets easier each time yeah lists. i have a whiteboard too when i wake up in the morning i've got a whiteboard right at the end of my bed mm. and i write lists of everything i need to do mm. but broken down into steps and I'll just cross everything mm. off mm. as really I go and it, and it helps so much because mm. then it's not like oh my gosh I've got all this stuff to do it's actually I've got X, Y and Z yeah. to do and then mm. it, it's all so much and better and it's such an achievement when you've done even two or three of the things yeah. out of your list um, alright I'm going to make this the last one because we've been going for a long time now <laughs> so the last question says is self-medicating with cannabis going to make things worse? Yes, massively. Yeah, I think so. What do you think? Do you like you like self medicating? No. Do you know what? All right, so this is a real tricky one for me right now. Mm. Right, I smoke weed, but weed or skunk? Uh, just you, weed. Normal, just uh, red string. Just bush well, weed, no, right, skunk, 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 actual yeah. skunk. skunk yeah. There's a difference. We have all to differentiate. Right. Yeah, but I was trying Sorry, to just not make it sound so bad. All right, cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I smoke a little bit. Well, I smoke quite a bit. But I've been trying to cut down. Reason why is the pros that it once gave me mm. of not thinking about this or not think. I now have coping mechanisms from therapists to help me do that. So now I've got no pros from the weed. All I've got are cons. Yeah. It's costing money. It's causing stress. It's coming between this. That. So actually now there's no benefit there for me yeah. because I've mm. got them benefits from therapists, from my medication and from other things. So what were the yeah. benefits before helping you to sleep? And help me to sleep. Yeah. Give me an appetite, stuff mm. like that. Because like I said, without my medication that I'm on now, I had no appetite, wouldn't eat, wouldn't sleep for days. Mad. Like, unless I had a little smoke and then mm. I'd be able to, mm. but yeah. Complete same. Mm. The, the, the exact same. Mm. Um, not smoked weed in a really well quite a while now um oh. and it used to be three four times a week easily mm. th three joints a night getting from work mm. i could chill out not think about anything but i would definitely say since therapy since i've been letting go of traumas and everything i now as well don't have any need to do it because mm. i know that if i go home for example tonight and i might be feeling a little bit anxious 
I roll that joint and smoke it tomorrow, I'm not going to do anything that I need to do. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm not going to do anything on my list. I'm then going to feel anxious. I'm Mm. then going to feel like I'm back at square one. Mm. And now because I'm, I've got those coping mechanisms of, of being able to actually and do what I need to do and, and not rely on it to, to sleep, to eat, to function or, you know, mm. to chill and relax. I don't need it anymore. Um, mm. I just want to touch on my, my therapy is slightly different to CBT. It's called Havening. Um, so what my therapy is, is um, an emotional distractor between all of my traumas because for my traumas and everything that I wanted to escape from, from smoking weed, it was, it was mentally draining. Mm. It would constantly, constantly trigger me. So what my therapist does is she um, separates the, the feeling that I have so I can think about it, but there's no, there's no feeling there. Right. So it's not gonna really cause me any stress. And, and that has over the last two months that has changed my life mm. oh, massively. Mm. So yeah. If you're suffering with mental health and you don't smoke weed, thousand percent don't go near it. Yeah. Because you're just going to fall into a bad circle. And people don't know what they're smoking. You know, all of like these strains and uh, stuff no, that are coming yeah. out. People, I think there's probably like a, a huge debate about it. I'm sure there are some people sat out there right now that will be mm. thinking, oh no, they're wrong. It helps me. Yeah. And if someone feels like that, oh, then, you know, yeah. okay, that's fine. I'm sure there are some people who, who do. Works the same for, ones. Yeah. Whatever works for them. But my personal experiences is that I have seen someone who I grew up with as a child from the age of, mm. I think we were nine when we went to junior school and he didn't actually know that his family had an underlying history of, of mental health. Yeah. And psychosis. He, he didn't know that. And I tell you what, last year, summer, I saw him walk past me and I could not believe it was him. Mm. I text my friend and it turns out that he had been smoking copious amounts of weed, which then led him down the path of other drugs. His mental health went it went so bad he ended I think he tried to rob mm. his own nan oh my god so it was it's, it's things like that where you yeah. know if people don't know the history and then they don't know what they're smoking yeah. it can be really detrimental yeah. and that's why I said skunk because actually if you are smoking Thai weed or hash or whatever yeah. that is going to be less slightly less mm. detrimental to mental health than these full on strains of yeah. skunk which are causing psychosis mm. especially if young people are, are smoking them mm. I, I've seen similar things with people I've gone to school with who started believing that the East Enders cast somebody I knew believed that East Enders was mirroring his life, and he could, he was like fucking stressed yeah. about it. Like, why are they showing my life on the TV? You know, yeah, he got wow. sectioned in the end. Sure, my man was just on the smoke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and people say, oh, weed doesn't lead to anything. But actually, no. it kind of does in this. It doesn't, but it also does because if you are going to meet in some guy who's selling you weed, then you know that guy might know someone who also have a bit of coke on him mm. and you know if you say to him i'm feeling a bit lazy oh i've got something they'll bring you up and have a little line mm. or whatever so mm. i'm not saying yeah. that we directly lead to other drugs but it does put you in a world where yeah. those things are more accessible and yeah. more acceptable and mm-hmm. and so you know um so I, a book that i could recommend actually i've just started reading it you would probably really like it is um recovery by russell brand okay so he talks about the 12-step program mm-hmm. um which they use in alcohol mm-hmm. alcoholics anonymous gamblers anonymous overeaters anonymous mm-hmm. sex addiction narcotics anonymous um and it takes you through that 12-step program but in a much easier kind of way and if you can't get to the meetings and, and whatever else and uh it's, it's a really it's i'm on like 
step two at the moment it's a really good book so recovery by russell brand get it on amazon i would really uh, check it out recommend it so after two wow oh perfect okay so after an hour and a half of chatting about mental health <laughs> i think that was really good i really hope yeah, that that's fun. gonna help some people yeah I hope so. we are gonna see you out with an on the artist's new single medicated listen to the words it's uh it's you featuring the grime violinist, violinist yeah and it's a part one in in two parts Ooh. so like yeah yeah there's okay. a video for it and that and yeah. this video on medicated just sort of looking at this man's life but yeah just spot some signs that you might not spot the first time you watch it oh yeah and okay. then we're gonna go back to it in the in the part two but yeah, amazing when's part two gonna be out and then next month or so and then we've got an ep coming with it all called diagnosed it's about me getting diagnosed and going through heartache relationships that don't work and just all that sort of shit i love it i love what you're doing so mm. take a listen listen to the words of this track medicated if you want to go to youtube or can they download it on spotify, yeah, spotify itunes all the platforms yeah, yeah amazing share it get it out there especially if you've got teenage sons and mm. young men in your life or old men in your life who might benefit from hearing this and hearing a man being open about the struggles of mental health oh. um you know let's all start reducing the stigma and being a bit more open about it so i hope this has helped some people it's actually helped me it's been a bit like a therapy session (laughs) thank you both of you for coming thank you you. it's been amazing thank you Uh, bye They said I was crazy twisted Couldn't be a sicker guy Constantly judging my brethren's drifted Self-destructive, so reluctant to accept I was mentally shifted They say that I'm borderline bro Apparently they put a label on this shit Psychopath, sociopath, suicidal, yeah that's what they say Call me weak, you ain't even last an hour done, let alone a day Look, I'm a fighter though, but that's what I want you to know The other personal shit that I wrote in the suicide note, it just ain't for show Look, where do I start? How do you wanna see into the heart? How do you wanna see into the soul with no light feared, constantly dark? My story ain't like yours bruv, my story ain't got three parts I've got that middle and ending sorted childhood's death, see I had no start Mentally blocked, mentally scarred, mentally fucked up so many mental mentalities that the fatalities to get plugged up I get past round therapists, one to the next, on to the next Next time that it's on to the next, let's cut to our meds and it's on to the death Bed, is it serious now? But where my neck, yeah it's serious now Plans to die a regular occurrence, nightly bro, so it's serious now Don't look so surprised, I know you can see in the eyes I was always the one with the banner, now it's just hatred and therapy ties Yeah Look To get this out, man. Fourteen years in the making for this. Look, look. I 
don't deal with the punks I don't deal with them Ashton Kutchers That trouble they're causing beef People are starting to call me the butchers I might sell to the gangsters Or the chunks in the bushes I might sell to the grand living down the road Asking me where the cush is I might have sold it to him I might have sold it to her But when you're dealing with a soldier fam You're digging up soldiers dirt And if you're digging for dirt You're digging for hurt So dig in your purse I don't care about a follower, cause the follower ain't following a hearse Look, I got this curse, it's hurting bruv, it's getting worse These thoughts are mad, my head hurts, I got a dead heart but it gets worse I see the light as I disperse, what I had to write down for this verse Since day one I said I was crazy, I can't change what's already been heard Fuck this, I'm getting lazier, lethargic getting crazier Escape something I can taste, you know, then I walked in and I placed it up Look, it's just something by the music, it don't make me feel awkward It's just something by the music, that makes me move forward Don't think the medicine works, so tell her prime ain't working Up the dosage again, it's only my brain that you're murking My smile's bright, but I got these demons lurking My mood's up and down, you think my emotions were twerking Oi, there's an insight, yeah, a little bit about me See, I don't trust many, so there's only a little few about me Borderline, might be a few marbles about me Better off dead, that's what I'm constantly thinking about me You can still be uh. what you want to be What yeah. you say